Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Money Awakenings. No overnight camping. That's, I'm sorry, I'm in a nice walk. And uh, those, these are the signs. Oh, this is Larry Morrison. I am your financial shaman. <clears throat> Coming to you pre-recorded from the bowels of Colorado. Ah, how are you guys doing? On these podcasts, I like to go out for a walk. And I actually thought it was too windy. It was storming. I have my umbrella in, in hand. But it's died down. It's almost calm. Could be the calm before the storm, so this might be broken into parts. I don't know. But we're going to get started anyway. So just imagine we're out for a nice stroll, and I, you have a loud mouth, foul-mouthed, constantly burping friend who just likes to talk about money beliefs. <laughs> so strap yourselves in, boys and girls. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take this thing for a ride. I am going to do something I never do, rarely do, and I am going to admit to one of my problems. I have two of them, technically. I said I would never, I think I said it on this podcast. I said to myself that I would never partner with anyone ever again who was in scarcity vibration. Someone in scarcity is someone who's not working on these beliefs, right? Someone who believes that there's never enough, there's never going to be enough, you know, my key, you know, my wealth is outside of me, uh, money's the root of all evil. I don't deserve money. I'm not good enough for money. Uh, what I call the scarcity seven. Um, and there's a few more. But if you really need to see them, they're on my website. Under resources, under blocks, wealth blocks. All the beliefs that we have that block wealth. But the top seven are, and their supporting beliefs are the ones that I think block the most wealth from coming. And so, I still work on them, by the way. I have just recentered myself and gotten rid of tons and tons of other baggage that I was working on and recentered myself into working on these money beliefs. And as my vibration raises and I feel the wealth of the universe, what's fascinating is the people who are in scarcity fall away. And that happened today. I tried to elevate someone out of scarcity through money. Let me tell you, that is a dangerous mistake. Here's what happened. I had someone working for me for a very long time, three and a half years. She's a good, she's a good foot soldier. Um, and I elevated her just six months ago to management. And she was doing pretty decent. And then she started getting greedy and asking for more. And I was like, all right, you deserve more. Here's a raise. Here's a better bonus structure. Here's all of this stuff. And you know what happened? She's hardwired for failure. And even though I said I would never partner with anyone that was in scarcity, I, I, I saw my mistake was saying I would never partner in the future with somebody who's in scarcity. I didn't think about the people who were already around me. And so that oversight has been corrected thanks to this person. You know what she did? She just decided she wanted my company. That all that I'd given her wasn't enough. So what, what does that mean? Remember, greed is not so much about the, the constant need for more, though that is part of it. Greed is a void inside of you that you're trying to fill. You're trying to get to worthiness, to wholeness through exterior things. It doesn't have to be money. It could be relationships or sex or, um, I know, 
adorable young girl who thinks that more and more shoes will fill the void, right? And so it means that we have a lack of self-love and a lack of worthiness, a perceived lack. There really is no lack, but um, we have this giant God-sized hole, as one of my friends says, inside of us. We're trying to fill it through exterior things. And she was no different. So instead of being grateful for all that I had given to her, she said it wasn't enough. Because why? She feels she's not enough. And so if you look through the lens of there's never enough, you will self-sabotage to make sure that belief system is right. And so now, even though I'd given her a piece of my company, 20%, she wanted the whole thing. She wasn't grateful. She believed there's not enough. And even though she was making more than she'd ever made in her life, and then at least in, her, in the last five to ten years, she threw it all away because it wasn't enough. That, my friends, is self-sabotage. And that is what happens when you're hardwired for failure. Now, you might hear that story and think, oh, Jesus, what if I'm hardwired for failure? Please, Larry, help me. Oh, my God. Relax. You might be, because many of us are. Here's all you need to ask yourself. On a scale of 1 to 10, how open am I to change? On a scale of 1 to 10, how open am I to change? Because... If that scale is five or below or it's zero, why are you listening to me? Nothing is going to happen for you. If you're not open to change, you might as well shut this off and move on. If it's five, you're saying, I'm right in the middle. Sometimes I change, sometimes I don't. Remember this. Average people get average results. Don't be average. Don't be half in, half out, especially with change. Change is the only constant, not the only constant, that's not true. There are five laws of the universe. Change is one of them. Everything changes but the laws. So this universe, source, God, soul, heart, cosmos, existence, reality, all that is, the creator, whatever, your word for it is, is constantly expanding, growing, and changing. Constantly dropping yesterday's perception and picking up a new one. Constantly moving forward, if you will. So if you're not in alignment with constant expansion and growth, you're not aligned with source and you will be broken. Or even worse, you might stay the same. If you're not open to change, you might stay frozen in the same place you are now. Which is super fascinating when you think about it because so many people want what? Safety. They want safety from their fears. And they do, they do the most obscure thing that I've ever seen. To feel safe, they don't change. They stay in the monotonous, same old boring relationships. Right? Thinking the same exact thoughts. Fight, flight, or freeze. They freeze with fear of the unknown. Instead of welcoming a challenge, instead of growing to become all that who you are, people stay frozen in their life. And they do it through monotony, the same old thing every day because why? Because it's a known thing. They do it through attachment. They attach to their life. I get married so my spouse doesn't ever leave me, even though that's a joke, right? I stay in the same job so that I don't have to face my fears, right? We attach to things because those things cover up what's going on underneath, our real big fears. 
our traumas, our terribly limiting belief systems. Have you ever noticed how people will do all kinds of things to avoid pain? But the avoidance of the pain causes suffering because it comes out in other ways. Sorry, there's a dog here. Looks like a chocolate lab. And he's barking, yeah, at me. So, they, we stay attached to the known. This is why we have such a time, hard time letting go and going after tens, going after our highest excitement, because we attach to the known. It's like you settle. You settle for the known, even if it sucks. It's, there's even a saying about it. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Which is ridiculous. Because you don't know that there's going to be a devil. Right? This is why it is so important to really get comfortable with the change and letting go and unattaching. It doesn't mean you can't enjoy relationship. It doesn't mean you can't enjoy a job or a career for a long period of time. It's just that you stay present in it at all times, constantly checking in your heart. Is this right for me or not? Today might be different than yesterday. You could have done something that you've done for 30 years and all of a sudden it's time to change. And that freaks people out. I'll give you an example. I became vegetarian, vegan actually, if I can, not because I wanted to save the planet or do something spiritual. My body all of a sudden changed. And I had been eating a certain way my entire life. And my body was like, nope, now we're done with meat. Started to tear my insides apart every time I ate meat. And I was, obviously it took me a while to figure it out what was going on, a couple months. But I was kind of pissed at the time. I'm like, what? But I knew one thing. I felt better when I didn't eat meat and I felt terrible when I ate it. It's all about feel in this space. In the space of the unknown, it's all about feel. So how open are you to change is all you've got to ask yourself. And we, we stay open by not attaching to future scenarios that our imagination runs with. It's what I call imaginational hijacking. We're going to go deep into this today. Imaginational hijacking is what happens when your mind wanders into the future, creates a scenario that you want or want to avoid, and you start to do what? Get attached to it and be like, oh my God, that, you know, it'll, let's say it brings up a worst case scenario. Oh my God, I got to do this, this, and this to avoid. Ah! Instead of going, wait a minute. A, my mind is wandering, and B, it's attaching to a worst-case scenario that may or may not happen. What do I have to believe about this situation in order to feel this freaking out, anxiety or fear? Right? Then we can come back to the present, learn all we need to. Remember this, the imagination is to drive a feeling. That's all it's really for. It can help you work out things, you know, like when I was in construction, I could imagine the scenario that would work things through without having to, you know, trial and error it. So it can do things like that as well. And it has a tons of potential, the imagination. But for, for now, I want you to just, what is the imagination bringing to you as far as how it feels. When you imagine the future, if it feels terrible, then we've got to work backwards and say, why is it doing that? Why is it showing me worst case scenarios? Because if we know everything is there to serve us, then it's doing it for a reason. But most people freak out and try to protect themselves from the worst case scenarios instead of going, what do I have to believe about this? What are the beliefs that I'm programmed with that's causing me to project this way and get attached to it enough to take action? That's a national imaginational hijacking example. Uh, 
let's say my sweetheart says she needs space, right? Without telling me why, I mean, not that you need to, but without telling me why, then I'm like, oh, okay. But then what happens? My imagination starts running. What did I do wrong? What did we do wrong? Is this the end? Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And then you get freaked out and then you're like, oh man, I got to do this and I got to do this. And I'm, <laughs> and you start anxiety, fret, worry. That's imaginational hijacking. It's taking you into the future, hijacking your emotions, and then hijacking your behavior. Then you are like, I know she has her space, but I got to text her. Is everything okay? Right? That happens to me. It happens to all of us. But if we realize that it's our imagination and just come back to the present moment, everything is perfect here. This is where we have all the power. When someone's ready to talk, they will. There's no reason to cast all kinds of weird scenarios. And this is what we're going to get into today. My friends, I have been shown one of my greatest demons. I started to really rear its ugly head. And it's a demon I know all of us have because of what I just said, imaginational hijacking. The demon is urgency. Urgency. Urgency is scarcity of time. It's scarcity of presence. Here's what I mean. I'm just going to get real with you guys. This is what happened to me. With my other business, not the financial shaman, but with my other business, my financial business, our website got taken offline. So what happened? Some kind of internal glitch with the web host that they didn't get paid. Okay. Found out on a Monday morning, they had just shut it down Sunday night. Call them, say, oh, we'll fix this right away. Okay, great. Cool. I'm at ease. I'm like, all right, it'll be fixed. No problem. The next day, still not fixed. So what happens? I start to freak out. Right? My mind runs to... What if our clients see this? What if our parent, you know, our referral partners see this, right? The worst case scenarios come up and I start to freak out and it hijacks me into calling them, being on hold for hours and hours and hours, wasting half a day and trying to be like, why does the site shut down? Take the money. Let's get it back up. What's going on? So you just have to wait. Ah, that freak out then led to me not being able to sit still because why? My mind was projecting all kinds of worst case scenarios. And what it's doing, what, or it's doing to a lot of us rather, is it saying you need to fix this problem right now so that all these worst case scenarios don't happen. So what does that mean? It means we're trying to fix, and of course that's causing the worst case scenarios are causing fear, right? Anxiety and worry. So what do we attempt to do? We say, of course you're right. We need to fix this right now. This cannot wait. It takes top priority. I got to do it now. Fix it! I'm screaming at everybody, like customer service people, not you know my team or whatever. But I'm screaming at customer service people, super frustrated. Like, why can't anybody just turn the thing back on? You know it's an internal thing, so you guys fix it, turn it back on. Here's my money, take the money. Like I'm doing everything I can do, but I'm doing what wrong? I'm trying to fix the mirror. I'm trying to fix in the physical reality the problem. 
instead of what? Going inside to fix the problem. You might think that, what are you talking about, Larry? It is a physical problem. It's, you know, a technology issue. It's a thing that you have to do these things. Yes, but why is it showing up? Why am I trying to fix the anxiety? Couldn't I just been super cool about the whole thing and like, ah, websites go down. You guys do your thing. It's all good. No worries. Couldn't I have been that way? Yes, but I was not that way. All the worst case scenarios started to pile up causing tons of anxiety and I went to go fix the mirror and then what did I do I made it worse I made it worse because I was taking physical action born of fear to stop the fear I went into the physical world to fix the fear instead of saying to myself when I was triggered what do I have to believe about this situation? Instead of taking a step back, all the things I talk about on here, all the things I talk about and preach, I didn't do. And I took an action born out of fear that made it worse. The problem would have been fixed on Thursday. Four days, for Thursday morning, three and a half days. But since I took actions born of fear, it's still not fixed eight days later. I moved the domain, I transferred, I did all this stuff. I took it out of their hands. And now it's still not up. Actions born of fear. I didn't check in with my heart. I tried to fix the physical reality. And here's what I keep noticing. Urgency grabbed me. It needs to be done now. What part of you what part of me is impatient, isn't present? What part of me doesn't go with the flow, doesn't want to change, doesn't want to bend, doesn't want to flex, doesn't want to accept what is the opponent? the ego, the patterns that don't want to change. And this is the part, what's the part of me that's freaking out? That's the part of me that's freaking out. And then I was identified with that part. It hijacked me. It made me believe all the shit it was saying was real. Oh my God, the, the power the referral partners are gonna freak out. Oh my God. I'm going to get all kinds of texts and emails and we're going to lose tons of business. Oh my God, money. Ha ah, ah. ha. Instead of what? Is that true? Taking a step back, getting a breather from it for a second. No, it needs to be done right now. I bet you every time there's urgency, it should be a red flag to go inside. Urgency is a clear misdirection. Don't look at this thing that's being triggered in you. Go fix the problem and do it now. Because if you look at the thing that's actually being triggered, you, won't, you will see through the illusion. We don't want that, so go fix it now. What I noticed is, if I don't reach for the fix, I sit in the uncomfortableness. It's a discomfort. A very strong discomfort that's under the urgency. This discomfort feels like anxiety. It feels like lack of control. And that is exactly what's happening. Just like anger always masks powerlessness to some degree. Urgency masks lack of control. And we believe that if we do something right away to fix it, 
we can go back to believing we have control over physical reality. But you cannot fix that way. You can't do it that way. It can't be done. The urgency is like... It's like a giant dragon ready to eat you if you don't slay it. You've got to slay the dragon. Right? I've got to do this. It's got to be now. Put your sword away. Sit down and watch as the dragon has no teeth no substance it's empty it's like a smoke what's the worst that's going to happen urgency is to believe that this is a hostile universe now i understand that if you have diarrhea there's urgency to get to the the toilet right if you're having a baby there's urgency to get to the hospital i realize this but what i'm talking about is the things that think, that make you think they need urgency, they need your attention right now and they don't. Because they're covering up something more that doesn't want to be seen or fixed or changed or evolved. It doesn't want to be alchemized. So it's saying, go slay the dragon. Don't look at what's underneath it. Don't look behind the curtain of Oz. Urgency is a giant red flag that you are not in alignment with the now, with your heart. All your power is in the here and now. Everything is inside of you. All change happens inside because that's all there is. And the more you want to go fix physical reality, the more the mirror is going to keep reflecting back to you what you believe about it in order to get you to change. Who likes the feeling of urgency and the anxiousness to get everything done? Not me. For sure not me. I would way rather have excitement than fear. And keep in mind, urgency is fear. You're afraid of the worst case scenario. And you're afraid to even sit with the worst case scenario and look at it and work with the beliefs around it and the uh, the perception of it more. You're afraid of that more then you want the excitement of doing what you do want to do. Here's what I mean. If I'm, ex- for the, in this example, the real world example, if I'm excited to write in the morning, right? Super excited to write, got something to say. But then there's a website problem that takes urgency, it takes priority, it makes me think it needs to be done right now the pain that I'm experiencing, which is based on a belief system that says, if you don't do this now, something bad's going to happen or it's going to get worse. So a belief's all fear-based, right? All limiting-based. You've got to do this now over your highest excitement so that you stop feeling pain so that you can do your highest excitement. It's moving fear into priority. It's moving the thing you're scared of into priority over your highest excitement. Do you see how that's problematic? Because if you have anything that can move itself up the ladder beyond your highest excitement, beyond your growth, beyond what's best for you, then you will always put excitement second or last. 
you will always put yourself last, just like I said about busybodies, right, on the last podcast. You're always going to put yourself last if you have anything that can stick out and go, no, 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 this needs to be priority over your highest excitement. No, 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 no. If you have anything that can slot itself or higher prioritize than your highest excitement, then you're always going to be doing that. Because if your opponent, your ego, your pattern, the party that doesn't want to change finds a way to get ahead of you, it's going to use it every time. Why wouldn't it? It's like having a Joker card, you know, in your hand, a wild card in your hand. You're going to, you always get it. You're always going to use it. Why wouldn't you? If you win the game easier that way, you're going to keep using it. So when you feel a sense of urgency from here on out, we need to practice. I'm saying we because I need to, too. Need to practice whoa, 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 whoa. Why is everything urgent? Why does it need to be done right this second? What part of me cannot wait? What part of me needs everything done right now? This is what comes up for me that that gets me to move with urgency is I think things are going to fall apart. So my mind will hook me with my imagination. My worst case scenario is like my whole business is going to fall apart because the website's down. And that's what hooks me. Oh my God, everything I've built, it's all going to shatter. Well, guess what? If it all falls apart because of a fucking website, then it was meant to fall apart, then it was built on a house of cards anyway. Right? I mean, if one little thing can destroy everything, it's like the Death Star for my Star Wars nerds out there. Why have the hole that one missile could get through or whatever and the whole thing blows up? Like... If, if it's that fragile, then maybe it needs to be exposed as a weakness, right? Maybe the plates need to fall. Or maybe I need to be okay that the universe is trying to show me something. Like, if, we, if you believe that everything's going to come crumbling down, and you need to do this right now, or, oh my God, my, you know, my kids are going to hate me if I don't do this right this second. If it's built on a condition, that feels like blackmail almost, doesn't it? Like, I feel like my mind is blackmailing me sometimes. What I mean by blackmailing is like, maybe that's not the best word usage. It's kind of like um, holding something hostage. It's probably a better way to put it. Like, if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. Right? It's like when people try to negotiate that are terrible at it, I always laugh because they, they, they lean on this move. Or some, you know, salespeople built, you know, that built fear-based sales tactics. You see that in marketing sometimes, right? Where, like, you don't have, a, you don't have your insurance, you know, Something bad's going to happen and you're going to be in the poorhouse. I always laugh because I'm like, you, you don't know that. That's a future projection. And that's fear-based selling. Or when people are like, if you don't do this, you know, ultimatums, right? People do that to me a lot. And I always go, it's kind of like trying to hold something ransom. They're like, hey, if you don't, you don't get us that money by this time, we're going to do this. I'm like, do what you got to do. I immediately do not negotiate with people who do that. Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to make something bad happen if you don't get us this. Okay, go fuck yourself. I'll take the bad over dealing with people who would do that shit. 
Because guess what? Just like the Joker card, just like the wild card, if they find a way to do it, they're always going to do it. So it's better to just get rid of that shit. I'll take the worst case scenario. Sold. Give it to me. And get these fucking people out of my face. I've had people who've worked with me try to do this. They're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell all the, the, if you don't give me this, this, and this, I'm going to tell all the referral partners, blah, 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 or whatever. And I'm like, do what you got to do. Goodbye. I don't, I don't play that game. You immediately take away their leverage. And this is what the mind is doing with urgency. Everything, your whole company is going to fall apart. No one's going to love you if you don't get, if your family's going to disown you if you don't get this, this, and this done. Good. Let them disown me then. You're not saying that that's what you want. You're just saying to the part of you that's trying to manipulate you. That's not okay. When you can see through manipulation, you can see through your mind's manipulation too. Because it uses the same tactics. Where do you think the people got it? Their mind manipulates them the same way. But when you look under urgency, it's always, there's always something deeper underneath it. This has to be done right now. Or what? What's going to happen? Or what? Ask yourself. Let's ask ourselves. I'm going to do this too. We don't get the website up today. What's going to happen? And then you can see the beliefs that are underneath it. Well, I'm going to lose money. Is that true? Do you know that for sure? How do you know? How do you know that this isn't going to birth something brand new? How do you know that everything isn't perfect? How do you know that source isn't doing this on purpose to help you in some way? You don't know that. Your limited view thinks it knows better than what's happening. And you're not aligned with source, with expansions, with change, with evolution. Because you think that you know better. And that you've got to fix it now. It's a lie. It's manipulation by your mind. Ask, what's the worst that could happen? What's going to happen? If I don't get this done right now, what's going to happen? Is that true? That my family's going to disown me, that I'm not going to be loved, that my business is going to fail, that I'll be broken on the streets. Is that true? And then when you see that it's using some of your greatest fears against you, then let's start to work on those fears. That's what it's covering up. That's what it's saying, go slay the dragon so we don't have to look at what's underneath that would make dragons irrelevant and non-existent and makes up bulletproof to them, right? This is imaginational hijacking. Here's the dragon, go slay it. Instead of saying, hey, imagination, stop projecting. Come back to the now where you have all the power. Realize that any worst case scenario is simply a fantasy that may or may not happen because you don't know the future. And sometimes, yes, we can see a pattern. I know that if my website stayed down for a month, I'd probably lose a lot of business, right? But it also might be a great opportunity to go reconnect with everybody. You're like, hey, we had some weird technical stuff happen. Maybe it would... I don't know the future, is what I'm saying. And if I don't believe that this is a hostile universe, which it's not, then everything's happening for me. Can we come back to everything's happening for us, not to us, and go, wait a minute, what are the beliefs underneath this that's causing the anxiety build, built from urgency? Why does it have to be done right this second? Now, yeah, Rest I'm hungry. I want to go to this restaurant. Restaurant's closing in 10 minutes. I better get on my ass. I get it. There are some things like that, but if I'm not attached, if I'm only attached to eating, 
not where I'm eating or what I'm eating, as long as it's vegetarian, wink, wink, <clears throat> then I don't care if I get there late. Like, oh, well, then it's on to the next place. Or I'll go to the supermarket and make something or whatever. Or I don't have to eat. Right? It's the attachment that's causing the problems, too. I have to have it this way at this time. That's what's super fascinating about scarcity. Because it says there's not enough. But what's funny about that is... Given enough time, there's always enough. Here's what I mean. We don't have enough clients. Well, does that mean you don't have enough clients for this week, this day, this month, this year, this lifetime, this decade? Because given more time, everything is enough. We're only getting 50 clients this month. Well, if that was... You know, if we just look at next month, like given enough time, we know more, right? We can look at, we can strategize, we can do things. If this isn't the, what, what we prefer, we can go inside and find the beliefs. Like, where's the urgency here? Where's the arbitrary deadlines that say it needs to be more than that? This urgency is all about control. We feel a lack of control in our lives and we freak out. And we believe that if we get this thing done now, whew, we'll get that relief from the monster. Oh wait, since we didn't fix the belief system underneath it, the mirror's gonna reflect it back again next month when it's rent or whatever. Oh, you didn't fix the beliefs, Larry. Let me shut down your website again. Oh, Jesus. You're right, I didn't fix any of these beliefs. Thank you for showing me this. I didn't face the urgency. I didn't face the stress. I didn't ask what I have to believe about the situation in order to feel these feelings. You're right, thank you. I do feel a lack of control of powerlessness, which leads into anger, which leads to frustration, right? Frustration is always your mind projecting a scenario, you attaching to that scenario, and then reality being different than that imagined attachment or that attachment to your imagination. They don't line up, so you get frustrated. You realize that with urgency, it's like not only does it need to get done, but it needs to get done now. You're imposing your timetable on things. That never works. It's the reason I hate goals. Intentions let go of timetables because all timetables are arbitrary bullshit. Again, I realize that, you know, baby's coming out in nine months, it's coming out. I get it, right? Certain things have certain, like, nature, you know, it, it, winter's coming, you know, you know it's going to snow, we better prepare. I get all that. But most times, you feel this lack of control, and so you put in an arbitrary deadline trying to force yourself to work hard enough to create something within a time period, but why have the time period at all? Because we believe that if we don't impose a time period, that we're just going to be lazy and not do anything. That doesn't make any sense if we're following our highest excitement. Because our highest excitement will do everything that we need to do. I'll give you an example. Sunday, a couple days ago, I said to myself, I'm going to do, I'm going to follow my highest excitement all day. From one segment to the next, highest excitement, highest excitement. What was super fascinating was this thing that I don't like to do, I got excited about. I was like, really? I'm excited about playing with Excel spreadsheets? I don't like that shit. But I got excited about it because it became like a puzzle to me. I was like, all right, let's do it. And it was fun. Everything gets done. You don't have to force yourself to do things you don't want to do. 
We talked about that in the busybody thing, but I want you to just take a step back when it comes to this urgency and this lack of control and this idea that if we don't work our asses off and get it all done, when we want it done, it's never gonna get done. That's a lie. You don't know the future. That's your imagination. Your imagination is running you into the future where the only place the future can exist is in your imagination because it's always a fantasy and saying, I need it done by this time. When if you let go, you follow your highest excitement, you don't, you don't know that it might not be done sooner or something even grander or you've changed what you wanted because it, that thing doesn't even excite you anymore. Now you're hustling for something that doesn't even excite you because you're arbitrary deadlines and goals. We also get attached to this idea of being done. I do it a lot. I'm noticing it as well with this urgency that I get so attached to being done with this thing so I could move on to what I want to do instead of going, wait a minute, what if I just looked at what do I want to do? What, do, what excites me? And if, it, if this thing never excites me, maybe I should delegate it. Right? Maybe I should look at the beliefs behind it. We never get done. Never. And it's like, no, 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 just let me get one more thing off the list. Guess what? Two more pop up. Hail Hydra. Right? The to-do list never gets done. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. You'll never get your to-do list done. It just doesn't happen. Unless you maybe do only scale it back to have like one thing on your to-do list, which is a good idea. But it's just never going to happen because you're never going to stop living or existing. So if some shit needs to be uh, done, there's stuff you're going to have to do, so to speak. So if the to do this never gets done, why are we so obsessed with being done? Because I believe we're obsessed with stopping doing what we don't want to do. And we think that if we get the shit that we don't want to get do done, then we can move on to the things we want to do. But here's the problem. Like I said, if you're putting things above your highest excitement and you're putting your highest excitement stuff last. Hello. Then it's always going to be that way. You've got to put your highest excitement stuff first. You've got to put your heart's calling first. You've got to put you first and stop believing all this nonsense that says, oh, this has to be done first. Who, what? Who's saying that? Who's speaking to you? Who's making things priority that are things you don't like. This is mind control. Literally, your mind is controlling you. It's like we're not only attached to what we want, but when we want it. That's how you know something is way off. Because when we attach to things, when our imagination runs into the future and we attach to things and we grab onto something, it's quite possible that we're grabbing onto something that's less than what the universe has for us. Perfect example is, I'd always imagine true love. And I was super attached to it and I've worked with it my whole life and trying to figure it all out and loving myself and all this stuff. And then it came shows up. But it wasn't anything what I imagined. What I imagined was way less than the actual thing. And if I had attached to what I had imagined, instead of being present with what showed up, I could have destroyed it. And it was way bigger. It is way bigger than I ever thought. It's caused my heart to grow immensely 
beyond what I ever thought possible. And if you attach to, for instance, in this case, if I'd settled for less and attached to, well, it's not true love, but it's good enough, you know. I would have never had the room space and this would never have come, right? This is the problem with attachment. We are, what if we're attaching to things that don't evolve us? Because evolution means we're always letting go of yesterday and seeing what's here for us today. We're always letting go of what worked yesterday. And what sounded exciting yesterday might not sound exciting today. And that scares people because they're so, people are scared of the unknown. Everyone is, for the most part. So we're scared of the future because we're scared of the unknown. And so what do we do? We box everything in. We put limits and controls and boundaries around everything. Not that boundaries are bad necessarily, but you know, one of my favorite teachers, Bashar, he says, there are some good limitations. I mean, like if you're at the Grand Canyon, there's handrails so you don't fall over. Like some limitations are good, right? You know, healthy boundaries are good. But what I'm saying is typically we box everything in to say like, I'm married. I'm staying this way for life. This is my diet. I'm not going to change it. Meat and fucking potatoes and blah, 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 blah. And I don't travel and I don't like planes and I don't like the snow. And like, <laughs> like there's so much life to be lived if you didn't box it all in. I don't like new people. I don't like change. Then guess what? If the universe wants you to change, you're gonna have a real tough time. Evolution is not kind to the inflexible. You don't need to control everything. You just need to be present with our emotions as they're happening and go, why am I feeling this urgency? Why am I feeling anxiety? What do I have to believe about this situation to think that I have to drop everything and do this right now? Why, do I need, why does it need to be done when I think it needs to be done and who's setting the deadline? Yes, taxes, blah, blah, blah. I get it. There are certain things that have deadlines. But even with taxes, you can extend it. Like, I think people are so scared to break the rules. That's why they are all about these weird deadlines. Oh my God, we can't be late for the movie. Really? Because I'm pretty sure they'll let you in. Like, yeah, I love the previews too, but I'm not gonna get super attached to it to where it causes anxiety. That, yeah, of course, of course we don't want our kids late for school, but if it happens, we leave earlier tomorrow. It's not like they're gonna not bring them into class because they're late, right? But really, what's the uncomfortable and What's the discomfort underneath the urgency that is not wanna be seen? For me, one of the things that happened yesterday, I got actually made the problem worse, just like I do when I get an urgency, because it's all fear-based decisions. What I noticed was like, it's, it's got a lot, it's scarcity of time. So I'm like, I don't want to deal with this right now, just fix it. Well, if you don't want to deal with it right now, don't deal with it right now. But yesterday it worked fine, today it doesn't. That's what happens with me. And these are the beliefs that I notice about, my, about technology. This will work every time. And this is what's underneath my urgency with technology. And here's how you know for sure that there's something massive underneath the urgency. When you've done all you can do about a thing, 
and it's like all that's left to do is wait and you feel terrible underneath it feel super uncomfortable oh, ah and your mind starts to do well if it doesn't happen this time i'm gonna do this this and this and i'm gonna do this this and whoa 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 what's the discomfort here what's going on under here this is where you want to be when you've done all you can do and the only thing left to do is wait this is the chessboard this is the game because now you get to watch as your opponent your ego your patterns whatever your programming starts to freak the fuck out because if there's nothing for it to do you don't need it so then it starts to do all these scenarios well tell you what if it's i know I, all i have to do is wait but if it's not done in three days i gotta do i'm gonna do this and this is, shut the fuck up for a second what are you doing why are you freaking out what do i have to believe about this situation it hates the lack of control it hates the going with the flow it hates the relaxing into the fact that source has you that source is doing its thing that the speed of nature needs to take over now sometimes things take time that are beyond our control but only if you sit with that discomfort and watch as your opponent freaks the hell out can you see it don't try to fix the discomfort sit with it what do i have to believe about this situation oh my god a little fox that's so cool i love nature i love being out in nature um what do you have to believe to be uncomfortable to be un like if you've done all you can do and now it's time for god to do its thing what is more there what is more to do nothing so what part of you is freaking out with nothing to do what part of you can't sit still here's one that comes up for me that my my mind hooks me with scarcity of memory true story it will tell me you got to do this now because you're going to forget later and i fell for it almost every day until today when i was meditating and i was about to do this i was like it took me out it wanted to take me out of my meditation to write down something and i'm like wait a minute what why is there urgency here because i believe i'm going to forget unravel the belief and you see that if it came to me once it'll come to me again if it's in the subconscious mind or the conscious mind or from the heart it'll reveal itself again that's just another thought that's just another belief and just a way to put your highest excitement or whatever you're doing below you know wait for it to slot in its wild card and put something higher priority than you my meditation was all i needed to do and yet the mind tried to hook me out of the meditation and, and hijack me and say if you don't do if you don't write this down you're going to forget so what the meditation is my purpose right now it's what's on my plate right this second that's where i need to be focused that's where all my power is when you see it you can't unsee it when the mind is trying to play tricks on you Now, there's nothing wrong inherently with the mind it's just like fertile soil it's been it's the programming that's been put into it that's trying to play tricks right scarcity of memory i'm gonna forget so i gotta do this now i'm not old my mind isn't feeble why do i believe i'm gonna have a bad memory because what i forgot one thing one time and something happened so now every time I got to drop what I'm doing because I'm worried I'm going to forget things? Oh well, if I forget I'm meant to forget. Just like if I remember I'm meant to remember. If you're in the present moment, you can handle everything as it comes. 
But if you're easily taken out of the present moment, you won't be able to see what's in front of you. Right? Don't fix the discomfort. Sit with it. Right? If I get the... Let, let me look at it this way. What if... What if whatever's in front of you has a lot to teach you and you wanting to be done is like wanting to skip school. It's like wanting to not finish the lesson, finish the book, finish the movie, finish whatever. Like you just want to be done with this movie, but it's still got something to show you. Don't be in a rush to be done. Be in a rush. Or don't be in a rush at all, really. Don't be in a rush to be done. Be present to learn and soak up everything that's there. Like, can we see that everything is happening for us, so why are we in a hurry if it's all happening for us? Where are we trying to get to? Magical done place. <laughs> but we don't even see that if we're building this magical done place from urgency, there's always going to be urgency. If the mind has found a way to put its priorities above your own, that's not going to change unless you change it. So whatever you build from urgency is only going to create more urgency. Whatever you build from fear is only going to create more fear. I'm so scared that I'm going to run out of money that I'm going to go get a shitty job. And what, you think more money is going to get you out of that shitty job? No, you're taking actions born of fear. If you get more money, you'll do like my friend at the beginning of this story and self-sabotage so that you can go back to building everything from fear. That's what you know. That's the pattern. The mind hates the unknown. The heart loves it. Because it's infinite possibilities. It's blank canvas to create with. But the mind is so scared of being hurt. It wants to protect you from the future, from the unknown, by making all of these scenarios. Right? By protecting you with all of this insulation, right? These chess games of. Well, if this doesn't happen, I'll do this, and this, and then I'll do that, and then this, and then I have my list, and then I'll get to this, and then I'll finally be done, just to do it all again tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to stay at this job for 30 years, get my retirement, do this, this, and this, that way everything is safe. No, it's not safe. Nothing is safe, because nothing is under threat. Safe means you're afraid. What you're really saying is nothing has to change, and I don't have to change. If nothing has to change, then I don't have to change. Your mind doesn't want to change. Anybody who doesn't want to change, they're stuck. A little razor with police. It was a police razor. If you guys don't know what a razor is, it's like a little off-road vehicle. It was a police razor. I'm on a walking path out in the middle of, well, not the middle of nowhere. A little hike walk path. Kind of left of a housing development. A little cop razor just drove by. Look at this. Now that's change. That's evolution, baby. I've never seen that before. How cool is that? Uh, where was I? The mind hates the unknown. The heart loves it. Start to get real comfortable with the unknown. Because here's the thing, it's always unknown. It's only your mind who pretends that it knows the future by imagining the future and attaching to it. That's how it thinks it knows the future. But in reality, it's always now. And any future projection is a fantasy. I don't give a shit if you're psychic. That even still is, may, may or may not happen if you predict the future. Because there's way too many unknown factors. It's all unknown. 
let's get comfortable with unknown. Let's get comfortable with change, right? What does knowing fix? What does knowing what's going to happen in the future fix? It fixes your anxiety. Or at least you think it does. It actually doesn't do it because the emotion will find another way to come out and the mirror will reflect back to you something new to be anxious about. So this is what's so interesting about human beings is we don't even see it because it's a game, right? If I know the future, I'll feel safe. But no one's asking, safe from what? What? What do you believe this hostile universe is going to do to you that knowing the future is going to help? One of my favorite speakers and teachers, Alan Watts, used to say, if you knew the future, it would already be the past because it would be boring. You didn't come here to know the future. We get, we focused into this physical reality, this virtual reality, this game, because we didn't want to know the future. Everything is known on the other side. There is nothing outside of source. We wiped our memory. We didn't want to know the future. So start to enjoy it. Anything is possible when we let go of the attachment to our fantasy. How comfortable are you with change? How comfortable are you with the unknown? Because the biggest part of you loves the unknown loves it. The smallest part of you hates it. So I don't know what you're going to do or what I'm going to do. But I promise you I'm going to follow my heart wherever it leads and my highest excitement. And right now, that is to end this. My unconditional love to you, my friends. Whatever you do, know that you're unconditionally loved and there's no wrong way to do life. Can't screw this up. We are different clouds in the same sky. Different pebbles in the same stream. Be well. Good journey.